Hello, everybody. I'm Derek Arden, and welcome to Monday Night Live. Tonight, I've got Karen Young with me, and I'm very excited to have uh, Karen Young join, joining us because Karen is a branding and marketing expert, having spent a number of years working for Virgin, Richard Branson, and then uh, working for British Airways for 10 years. There's nothing Karen doesn't know about branding and marketing. But of course, Karen, once she'd uh, had her children, decided to run her own business and saw a uh, saw a niche in uh, social media marketing, although she told me off for saying that, it's actually Google Ads marketing. So Karen, can I just thank you so much for joining Monday Night Live and sharing your tips with us? Thanks, Derek. It's uh, great to be here this afternoon. So Karen, tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this uh, exciting business of marketing, branding, but particularly social media and Google Ads. Well, I, as you said, I had a corporate career um, originally and then when I had my children I realized that uh, it, it wasn't going to be practical um, very few companies certainly back then my children now are 11 and 14 um, could offer a flexible enough working hours so um, I started off by freelancing I worked for lots of London agencies doing all sorts of marketing activity and um, I got to the point where I, I asked the owners of these agencies what is it you can't source and people said to me time and time again it's Google advertising so when I say Google ads, when you go to google.com um, or .co.uk and you search for something, you see at the top, you'll get some ads popping up. Um, those ads are, um, are owned and, and managed by Google. And also the ads that you see on YouTube um, and the picture ads that you see when browsing, say, news websites or weather websites, the ads that pop up around the sides. And um, it's quite an interesting area of marketing. It's um, They've actually been around for um, really quite some time now, 15 years sort of mainstream, um, but it's quite a technical area of marketing. It's one that people tend to do very badly. And I saw a big opportunity there basically to, to start an agency that would do things differently. Fantastic. And your agency is a bit different, isn't it? Because um, you employ queen ages. What's a queen <laughs> age? I hadn't heard of that before. <laughs> It's a new buzzword um, for women in midlife and, and older. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm 50 next year and I'm really passionate actually about the fact that companies, um, particularly big corporates, but also smaller businesses, often don't invest in women once they've had their children. Um, it's an, often a hard stop on your career um, and it's very hard to get back into anything flexible that is intellectually engaging, um, and particularly, actually, in digital marketing, I think it's a huge problem. If you go around your average digital marketing agency, uh, it's mostly staffed by young men, to be honest, under 35. Um, very much a young person's game. And I'm a real believer that you can learn something at any age. Just because it's online and techie, it doesn't mean you can't do it. So um, I saw a huge opportunity to employ women like me. Um, we actually have one guy in the team now as well, but we're otherwise we're all women um, who had had corporate careers, big, you know, decent corporate jobs, but had to quit because of their children. Um, and I offer um, very flexible jobs for people um, who are in that position, perhaps have been out of the workplace for five years, 10 years even, but have got such amazing skills um, that, you know, I can put them in front of any client and they are so credible because they've got commercial experience managing big teams, big budgets, 
Um, and frankly, you know, they're, they're wasted doing a job which just doesn't make use of those skills. Well, so there's a few people on tonight you might be able to employ, but uh, they might be just a little bit uh, older than you with the exception. Oh, I, age is no barrier. Absolutely. 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 So, yeah. So um, what do you, you what's this buzzword you use? Radical flexibility. What's that? So I thought about how I could make um, jobs work for people like me. So um, my problem when I had small children, um, particularly with my eldest who had additional needs, I needed to be around at any point if the school rang. I couldn't go into London at the drop of a hat, um, you know, and be away. Um, and I had days when my children were off sick, um, I had school holidays to contend with, and the usual corporate um, situation of, of, you know, 20, 24 paid holiday days a year doesn't even cover the school holidays, and I know the situation in the States is, is even worse than that, um, and, you know, how on earth do you manage sick days? You end up sort of negotiating with your partner as to who, who has to drop out of work that day. So um, we talk about radical flexibility. Basically, my team um, have the, the only thing they are measured on is are our clients happy? So everyone has their own clients that they're responsible for. We have two of my team on every account. Um, so we run advertising as a team of two. And basically, if your child's off sick, you take the day off. You don't have to ask. There's no permission involved. In fact, if you want to go with their class to the zoo for the day, you can. You can do whatever you want put it in your diary so that everybody knows and the rest of the team will cover you. So if somebody's kids are ill, everybody else steps in and the work gets done. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters, that the work gets done. Um, we don't track hours, we have no timesheets. It's entirely on trust. So I believe my team will do a good job. In fact, sometimes I have to tell them to stop working because they're all high achievers at the end of the day. That's, you know, that's the background they've come from. If anything, they do too much, not too little. Um, and there are hours, you know, it doesn't matter to me if you work Sunday night or Thursday evening, um, as long as the work gets done. And that's another reason really why I chose Google Ads, because particularly on the size of accounts we manage. So we work with owner, owner managed businesses, um, you know, not tiny companies because Google Ads are expensive, but, you know, sort of companies that are big enough to have someone doing marketing. And those companies, the kind of ads we're running, there's very few crises that need to be managed immediately. And if so, there's somebody, one of the eight of us will be around. So it's uh, when we talk about radical flexibility, it really is that, you know, you, you get the job done whenever you can get the job done. Um, we also plan very much because we're mostly mums, we plan around the school year. So um, I take on new clients at the start of terms. We have termly planning, not quarterly planning. And um, we're not taking on any new clients now till September because it's the summer holiday. I know, I know you're going to get some questions in the chat box uh, from a lot of people because that's pretty that is radical, and I can see why you uh, why you call it uh, radical uh, flexibility. Now you use the Warren Buffett method of employing people, don't you? As well, one that I know uh, quite a few of us on this on this show uh, always try to do. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not rocket science either, really. It's just that I, I know I can train someone to do Google Ads. Um, it's complicated and there's a lot of process and we have operating procedures written out that people can follow and check. But that's a teachable skill. Whereas um, I cannot train um, integrity. 
I cannot train commercial experience. I cannot train gravitas in front of a client. Um, I can't train life experience, uh, you know, the ability to juggle and manage work. All of these skills that you get through having, you know, had a decent amount of time in the workplace, those aren't trainable skills. I can't put a 20, most 22-year-olds in front of a client and, um, and win their trust. And trust is everything, really, with our clients because um, they're handing over lots of money. Um, you know, some of our clients are spending £20,000 a month on Google Ads. And, you know, they, they don't understand how it works. They're literally giving it to us and trusting that we are going to make more revenue than, than they're paying us to, um, to get those ad um, clicks. So it's, it's really important that trust is there. So that's why, um, you know, that I focus very much on, on people's capability, not on their experience. And in fact, none of my team come in with Google Ads experience, not even marketing experience, actually. Um, Google Ads is, is, to a large extent, it's a data game. So you're spending a lot of time in spreadsheets. Um, the, the way that Google Ads works, I don't know if you know, but there's an auction that runs every single time someone types something into Google and you bid for your ads to show. So there's an element of kind of stock market trading, if you like. There's, you have to understand the numbers. So the people in my team, um, you know, they've been management accountants. Um, they've worked as management consultants. They've worked in HR. They've worked in lots of different fields but they've got the ability to understand what that data is telling them, um, not just what the numbers are, but why they're saying that, which is the, the difficult bit. And you talk about blatant honesty. So you have one price for every client, no negotiation. Is that right? And um, uh, that's one of your USPs. Yeah, it's, um, it's unfortunately an industry uh, full of sharks. I shouldn't say that, but because it's, um, it's seen as a bit of a black art running a Google Ads account. Um, there are a lot of agencies out there that don't really know what they're doing um, and take people's money and don't get them a return on investment. Um, so we're called Ethos um, because our ethos is very much we only work with people if we think their ad account can work. Very rarely we get that wrong. So um, I have recently. Um, taken on a client in London and we just couldn't get them ranking because the competition was too high from the big players in that field. So I'm refunding their fee. You, 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 we've just got a very honest approach. So we have month-to-month -month contracts. Um, you know, most agencies will lock people in for a year. And, and if you're losing money hand over fist, that's a, that's a difficult situation for a small business to find themselves in. So um, we talk about honesty. Sometimes the honesty is not in our best interest, but I know that when we um, we tell people they shouldn't be running Google Ads, that person will go away and tell lots of other people they should run Google Ads with us. So it does the, the sales job for us. Mm, okay. Now, I don't think, uh, I don't understand too much about um, Google Ads, uh, but you talked about, you did show me a spreadsheet before a client's spreadsheet confidentiality, which you obviously can't show me now. Yeah. But you, you talked about remarketing. What's remarketing? So the idea is, um, let's say, for example, someone was looking for a particular service on, um, on Google Ads, so some business software, let's say. So they search for that particular type of business software. They end up on your website. They have a look around, but they're not ready to buy yet. Um, quite often, particularly with business-to-business -business purchases, the decision process is quite complicated. You might have a junior person doing the research. 
you then draw up a short list, it goes to someone more senior that makes the call. And by the time you set up the actual sales call um, and they've got in touch with you, you know, there might have been five people taking a look at your website seven times and looking at your LinkedIn and looking at all sorts of things. There might be multiple touch points. So the concept of remarketing or retargeting, as it's often also called, is just that um, you, someone who's already clicked on your ad um, or has got to your website, in fact, from any means, you can then start showing them ads on um, YouTube or you, on other websites on Google's display network um, to say, remember us, this is, you know, these are our key unique selling points. These are the reasons why you should consider us. So it's a great way of just reminding people that you exist and getting them back to the website. You'll see it all the time, actually. If you um, if you have a shop for clothes or shoes, and then suddenly you see the thing that you were looking at stalking you everywhere around the internet, that's remarkable. And can we stop that happening? Is that all to do with cookies, or is that nothing to do yeah. with cookies? Yeah, it's a really hot topic at the moment, actually. Um, there are several lawsuits going on um, in the UK, in Europe, and in the States. Um, around privacy um, in Europe, the, the GDPR, which is our privacy legislation, um, actually they've ruled that Google's tracking methodology and Google Analytics in particular that's installed on most websites is illegal. Um, and there are lawsuits being taken against um, website um, owners in, in Europe at the moment. Um, Google has responded by launching something called GA4, which is the latest version of Google Analytics. If you have a website, you should be installing that on your website now, um, because in a year's time, Google is getting rid of the existing Google Analytics. All the data will be deleted. And if you're not on GA4 already, then you won't have any historical data. Whereas if you set it up now, by the time next July, um, your existing analytics is pulled, you'll have 12 months of data. So um, that's Google's response. It does deal with some of the privacy issues around cookies and tracking, um, but there are still lots of negotiations going on with the regulators around data transfer between Europe and states in particular. So it's a, it's a gnarly issue that Google is, um, is dealing with at the minute. And what's the attribution model? I didn't understand that either. <laughs> okay, so the best way to kind of explain attribution, I like to use this analogy, um, I have to say up front, I'm actually a teetotaler, but bear with me. If, you, uh, if you're going out for a big night out and you have a, a gin and tonic before you go, and then you go out um, with your friends and you have three big glasses of red wine, the next morning you wake up with a headache. Which drink caused the hangover? I mean, you, you, can't, you can't say which one, right? There's, there, there, were, there was um, a lot of alcohol involved in the night and you can't say it was the third glass of wine that did it. That's the problem of attribution. So. We're talking, we were talking about these complex user journeys that we have now. People don't just click, go to a website and buy, very rarely. Um, they check out your company, they look for reviews, um, they do all sorts of searches. And we're all, particularly in COVID, that's exacerbated, you know, that's, that's really ramped up. People um, of all ages, it used to be the younger generation that used to shop around a lot online and now it's everybody. Um, and so, you know, for some consumer brands, there might be 60 touch points before they decide to buy from you. The problem of attribution is saying which bit of my marketing budget actually resulted in that sale. So was it the Google ads? Was it the Facebook ads? Was it the stuff I'm doing on LinkedIn? Um, you know, was it my email list? 
Um, was it my organic search, you know, my search engine optimization, my SEO? And um, you have a problem really where agencies like us, we will say to our clients, right, you spent 10,000 pounds on Google Ads this month and you made um, 90,000 pounds worth of sales, which wouldn't be an unusual return. Um, and then their Facebook agency would say um, the same <laughs> and their email agency might say the same. And then the business owner will say, but I only made £150,000 worth of sales and you're telling me you, you all made 90000 See the problem, because everybody contributed at some point and is claiming more than their share. So the problem of attribution modelling is, um, is, you know, who's, who's responsible for what, who, you know, who got people in the door, who closed the deal. And it's getting more tricky with the issues around cookies, um, people opting out of cookies, because uh, that's the, the fuel that kind of feeds attribution. So we're really going, um, we, we started from a point, when I started with British Airways um, and, and Virgin many years ago doing advertising, I was running um, full page adverts in the national press and on you know, ITV. And I knew some of the marketing was working, the classic quotas. I know 50% of my marketing is working, but I don't know which half. Um, and we got to a point sort of a couple of years ago where we could track absolutely everything. There were no controls on big tech, no controls on privacy. And I could say to you, this is exactly what's happened. This is the journey someone's been on. That's now being shut down by the regulators. So we're going to have to go back to a place of actually using our marketing knowledge to, to think, right, okay, what, what is working? How are we going to make all of these channels work together? Wow. Well, we're nearly running out of time, um, Karen. This has been fascinating. You're um, blowing my mind again, and I've uh, been heavily involved in marketing in all through my uh, all through my career. So we'll have a lot of questions, I'm sure. But before I turn the uh, video off, have you got one last tip for us Queen Ages and King Ages? And apologies to some people who are too young to be that, but uh, I feel like a King Ager. Um, and we need to uh, we need to get that uh, jargon going, don't we? Because I couldn't find that on Google. Yeah, I don't know about a tip. You lot can probably teach me a huge amount. But I, I just think it's about being out there loud, shouting about what you're doing on your business. And to hell with how old anyone thinks you are. I intend to keep working for as long as, um, as I can. And um, I don't I just think that attitudes have to change. And, and you know, if people keep quietly dropping out of the workplace at a certain age, it's never going to happen, is it? All that grey hair and all that knowledge. Uh, we've got to keep going somehow, haven't yeah. we? Staying fit, staying interested and uh, interesting. Uh, Karen Young, can I thank you for uh, uh, joining us tonight? Can you, um, for anyone watching this live or on YouTube or listening to the podcast, how do people get hold of you? So um, my website, we're called Ethos Metrics as in the numbers. Um, so ethosmetrics.com. I'm on LinkedIn as Karen Young Ethos, you will find me. Um, and yeah, feel free to drop me a, an email, Karen at ethosmetrics.com. Brilliant. And can I ask members of Monday Night Live to give Karen the usual vote of thanks in the uh, normal way? That was absolutely brilliant, Karen. Um, we got lots to think about there. I'm sure lots of people will be looking back at the uh, at the video when it's uh, when it's live to pick up some more of the uh, information thanks for joining us and i hope you will join us again 
with some more information when we found out what Google have done to stop us uh, uh, deleting our cookies. Yeah. 